Praise Jesus. Come on, somebody praise Jesus. <sighs> My timer has started. Okay. This morning, we're going to be looking at something I think is interesting. I think is interesting, and I think you'll like it too. <sighs> if, this, if, this, if this message had a title, it would be, I have won. Somebody say, I have won. I don't believe you. I have won. Okay. For those of us who really believe that we have won, can we say one more time, I have won? Yeah, that's more like it. I have won. <laughs> and you know, one of the reasons why I like this title is it's predictable. You kind of already know what I'm going to talk about, right? From the title. That's exactly how life is. It's predictable. So I'm going to start from the end of my sermon and then jump back to the beginning. We already have won the victory. That's how predictable this life is. Like you already know the end from the beginning. Have you ever seen a movie from the very beginning? You already know, especially night. I did not see anything, no, but you, shot, you heard what I was going to say, have you? <laughs> Where from the very beginning, from the opening scene, you already know that, ah, this is going to end. And the end is what? I have won. Not I will win. I will win means that plenty of things can still go wrong to alter that victory, so to speak. I have won means it's already done and dusted. All I'm doing is I'm just navigating the way to get to that end point. Praise God. Come on, somebody, praise God. Me, I've missed you. So when I say praise God, I'm not trying to, it's not a pastoral inflection. It's literally me trying to engage everybody. So I have won. Yes, you're there. <laughs> so how many people watch Netflix this lockdown? You did, okay, sorry. Let me reverse that. How many people did not watch Netflix this lockdown? Aha. Uh -huh. Is it because you did not have Netflix or? I, I, you're very spiritual. You did not watch. Eh. Well, with me, I watched. I'm not even like. I didn't watch a lot, though, I must say. I was very disciplined, and I'm serious, but I watched that. But I'm realizing more and more that I actually like action movies. And the reason I like action movies is... Even though you know from the beginning that there'll be lots of shooting and killing and everything, somehow, see, they can even catch the actor. They can tie him up, beat him, drill him, do it. But you know somehow, some way, you know somehow, somehow, some way, somehow, some way, something will happen that he will be able to, he or she will be able to get out of that condition and then still overpower the enemy. That's the beauty of action movies. So even though we, like, in real life, in the movies, we already know. Say, actor, no, they die. Abi. But somehow, we shall still watch because we want to see how it's going to happen. That is exactly how our, life, our lives are. It's the how that makes it interesting. The victory is already sure. It's just the how that makes it interesting. Praise God, somebody. So, same thing um, like in the movies. Everybody faces a challenge. PK has taught this like a billion times. Everybody goes through one challenge or the other. But one of the challenges that I want to talk about this morning is disappointment. I don't know any one person that hasn't experienced disappointment as an adult, as in your, since you've been born. And if you haven't, I have news for you. It's not prophecy, <laughs> but it's news. That very soon, you will experience it. It's not a prayer. I'm not swearing for you. It's just, it's a, if they could disappoint Jesus. Imagine how heartbroken Jesus was when Judas betrayed him. I don't understand. That's like major. So if they could do it to Jesus, guess what? Somehow, something will happen to you. But to help us drive this point home, we're going to be looking very quickly at uh, the story of David. 
So I found David's story very interesting. Imagine, just like uh, Ogbona was here a few minutes ago to talk about the interview that he went for, right? Imagine that you go for an interview. Now you know, unlike him, that he, know, that he knew that maybe the other guys are better than him and he, decent, and he needed to rely on the Holy Spirit. This one, you know that this job has your name written all over it. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you've seen yourself in the suit, in the tie, you know that this one, when they were creating this job, they put your name inside. So in your mind, everything is done, Abby. And you go for this interview, and when you get it, they tell you, bros, no vex, though. Thank you for your time. Come and be going. Or you know this one that they usually say, we'll get back to you. You know, Abby. Everybody, everybody, I'm sure everybody has said, we'll get back to you. you. As you're saying it, two of you are looking at each other, you know that, bros, <laughs> you will not get back to me. But, hey, come and beat me now. I'm telling you, we'll get back to you. What will you do? We will get back to you. No, need free the matter. So you see that we'll get back to you. It can be very painful, but it's not today. David experienced something similar. So David had been running from uh, King Saul, who was out to kill him, and he had been with the Philistines for over a year. In particular, he was with King Achish. Now, ideally, the Philistines were supposed to be enemies, but you know what they say, the enemy of my enemy, ah, you people don't know that thing, the enemy of my enemy, eh, hey, now. So if Saul was the enemy of King Achish, and David is Saul's enemy, you can do the math, Abi. So David and King Achish, they were like this for over one year. Pals, going to small, small battles here, winning all sorts of stuff. And of course, David was a covenant man. So if you have David on your team, hello. You understand what I'm saying? That's like you being a Spider-Man. You now have like Tony Stark on your team. You know that. <laughs> for those of you that watch action film, you know what I'm talking about. You know, so David and these guys, they've been rolling together, winning battles and victories all over the place. And then now comes the battle of all battles. They were going against Israel. David had already been anointed king, Teteo, Sheino. So who should have been happier than him than to go to that battle? Nobody. And guess what? He happily went to that battle, said, their father, said, today we die here. And then he gets to the battlefield. And King Achish and a couple other um, Philistine kings, they gather and they were like, ah, bros, this guy cannot fight with us. So. King Achish is like, no, I can beat my chest for David. David has been my guy for over one year. He can't do anything. He said, guy, yeah, he's like, I'm missing something, though. This guy, last, last, is, is an Israelite, though. If we enter battlefield now, guess what will happen? The guy can turn on us, and that's the end. And you know when the superhero turns on you, you are done for. Because he already knows your strategy, first of all. So he will be the first person to disarm you. So they thought hard and thought long, and King Keisha was like, ah, now wow, see job. So he called David and said, bros, show. David showed up, and he was like, <clears throat> no vex, eh? We'll get back to you. You know, we'll get back to you, Abby. Come and be going home. We will get back to you. He must have hurt David. Because he's been preparing for this battle. But as King has said, you come and be going. What will you do? You will beat King. Beat now. David packed his uh, load. Him and all his uh, 600 warriors. Imagine. Only one person. You are not the main king. Oh, only you. Atache, you carry 600 warriors. How many warriors did the king have? <laughs> anyway, he carries the 600 warriors and says, guys, more they go home. Now, case in point, they had traveled for three days to get to this point of the battle. And then they had to travel another three days back home, empty-handed, no battle. You know, as a warrior, what you live for is the fight, the thrill, the... Everything that you live for, and then now get to the point where you want to fight, and they say, bros, come and be going home, we'll get back to you. He must have been heartbroken. Him and all 600 men. But, nothing spoiler, B, they went home. <laughs> 
Guess what happened when they got home? Some of you already know the story. They got home, and by the time they got home, everything that they called home was gone. So, in this journey that is titled, that we've just titled this morning as I Have Won, there are certain things you need to know. Number one of them is what I've just said, that number one, disappointments may come. Just settle that one in your heart that disappointments may come. The second one is a little harder to swallow. The second one is brace yourself. When I say brace yourself, I say brace yourself because it may get worse. Now, remember what we first of all established, that we've already won the victory. So no matter what happens, guess what? Brace yourself because it just may get worse. I mean, David and his men were already demoralized. So imagine if they're tired after having traveled three days too, now spent the night, next morning now traveled another three days back, and they get home, and then your home is gone. All your wives, all your children, all your livestock, everything gone. Nobody could have expected that. But you and I know that the more twists and plots in a story, the more interesting. You know, if you start a movie now, and you just show one guy, he's gymming, uh, doing, uh, doing boxing, everything, you already know that this guy is a fighter, a liquid metal. They show another guy, he's just a don with toothpick in his mouth or cigar, sitting behind chair with bad guys. You know, this is a bad guy. Imagine if third scene, uh, action guy just shows up in uh, cigar smoking guy's office, bah, 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 shoots the guy, and he wrote the end. We'll be happy. That's three scenes now. Movie's over. That's annoying. But you see, a, proper, a good movie, they will hold you like this. They will hold you. You'll be, you'll be at the edge of your seat like Jesus. Jesus. He's film now. They've already acted it, but somehow something is still driving you. That's exactly how life can be sometimes. Just when you think you've seen the end of the plot, like, okay, it can't get any worse than this. He was already disappointed. He now gets home and everything is gone. So like I said, brace yourself because it can get worse. So, like I said, they, they left uh, the place where they were going to war, and they, got ho- and they went home. Now, you know how it is when, you know, you know what makes this story even more, more painful? You know it is when you're going home. Many of us work in Lagos, Abi. You know it is when you've gone to VI or Lekki, and you've just faced one kind of mad traffic, and all you want to do is just want to get home, and like they say, you want to relax and be taken care of. Some people know what I'm talking about. If you don't, it's okay. We forgive you. You just want to relax and be taken care of. Same thing with David. But there was no wife to take care of him when he got home. No children to relax with, nothing. Let me just quickly branch and say that, first of all, all these men began to cry. Imagine warriors. Who is the strongest superhero? Who can tell? Guys, my teenagers are on this side. Eh? Who, or who, is, who is the baddest action hero of all time to you? Anybody? I, mean, I like talk feedback. Anybody? You people watch action film now. Why are you acting as if because we're in church? Jesus is there. When you're watching, he's there with you. Your best action hero. Anybody? Thor. Wait first. Wait. I'm... Superman. Eh? Batman or Pac-Man? Batman. How is Batman? No, I don't have superheroes. It's just him and Tony Stark. It's just money they have now. Money and plenty sense. <laughs> what did you say? Captain America. He tried, so he tried, tried, tried. In any case, imagine all these guys, literally, imagine 600 of them, or in, in this case, 601 of them, crying. Must have been a sore sight. Men with muscles that just in the arms, alone, you just faint, just say, I've died already, before they touch you. Imagine them crying. But that's exactly what happened here. They broke down and they cried. Let me just quickly say this, that their man, and this is especially to the men, it's okay to cry. 
I'll say that again. It's okay to cry. I know that in African context, as a man, they tell you, no, men don't cry. Jesus Christ wept. Can you be more man than him? Can you be more man than him? You can't. If the Savior of the world that went to the cross would die for all of us, how many billions of people on the face of the earth if he could cry? Please, who are you not to cry? It's okay to cry. I'm not saying cry of Baraja where people are now holding you. No. <laughs> I mean, if that's how you know how to cry, you know, be it unto you <laughs> according to your cry. But what I'm saying is it's okay to have a moment of weakness. It's okay to let your guard down every now and again. The only problem with that is don't stay too long in that place where you're crying. Because when you cry for too long, the devil will now start whispering all sorts of rubbish into your head, like he did to the 600 men. Imagine 601 of you came back. They've stolen everybody's wife and children and cattle and everything. All of you are crying. And they now started crying. And the crying was now entering extra time. You know what happened? While David was still crying, in the goodness of his own heart, the men had gathered and said, let's kill him. Please, is he the one that stole the wives? So when you stay too long crying, the devil is missing all sorts of things. The next thing I want to talk about is that you should run to God. When you've been disappointed and you've braced up because maybe a worse thing happens to you and you're at your wit's end, you really don't know what else to do, run to God. And that's exactly what David did. David ran to God. David was like, eh, Omo, before these people kill me, wait first. Let me go and meet my God. He called priest, sharp, sharp, let's seek the face of God. And they sought the face of God. And God told them, God said, it's okay. David asked God, should I go after these guys? Will I overtake them? Will I recover? God said, go. It's very easy to not to seek the face of God when you're troubled because your heart is so heavy. But your heart should never be too heavy to seek the face of God. Because despite how heavy your heart is, eh, you still cannot on your own figure it out. In fact, the heavier your heart is, the harder it is to figure it out with your own mind. So I remember this one time, and this is a, this is a seemingly small um, victory compared to this, but the point I'm trying to drive at is when you're in this phase of your life, you, there's a need to silence everything around you. You know what it means to silence everything around you? You literally tell everything around you to keep quiet. Like my lecturer was saying in university, you lock your doors and you look inwards. In this case, you look to God. You run to God. So you, you don't, you, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to run to a faraway location. You can, be, you can be here. Everybody else is dancing around you, but you know that, oh God, this place where they pray is not rich anywhere because see what they go through. I can shut everything around you and say, God, help. You see that help? It's like SOS. He, can, he will see the signal, and guess what? He will come to you. Either he will drop a word in your spirit right there, or the next person that comes on stage will say a word and be like, Jesus, how did you know it was me? And that's how he works. So there was this day, many years ago, almost like 10 years ago or so, I was driving from the island, I think. I had branched at Tejo Show to pick up a couple things. And then as I was going home, this was, this was, I mean, there's still traffic, plenty of traffic, but I think this was the years when traffic, the madness of traffic really started in Lagos, like for real, for real. Now, imagine that I had been out almost every day that week and had faced traffic every single day that week. I mean, traffic, I spent like two, three hours just one way, not both ways, just one way. And this day, I was so tired. You know when, you know that tiredness that you can't feel your brain anymore? Mm. I was just so tired. I'm like, God, I'm about to go home. I looked at the time, it was like, it was like 4.30 or to 5. It was traffic hour. I'm like, how do I get home without getting into traffic? Now, if you know that area very well, if you come out from that Ted Joshua Road, um, just before you get to where the police station is on your right, you know, the, um, there's an intersection. You can either keep going straight, take you to Ojelegba, or you climb up. Just at that intersection, I was already driving, you know, I just, I just, I literally just parked my car. The only thing I did not do was I did not move the gear to park in case last night people would come. But I just pressed pause, 
and I just closed my eyes, and I silenced all the noise around me. I'm like, Holy Spirit, help. How do I get home? It was an SOS. Because him and I know that I can't be there for one hour. It's not the kind of one hour prayer that you, for one hour you're still praying. They will come and throw you and your prayer away. So it was a case of, I need help now, 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 now. I literally just shut out all the noise around me. I closed my eyes and Holy Spirit, help. And in less than a second, it felt like, ah, and the Holy Spirit is amazing. It felt like he opened my eyes. In my head, I saw the map of the route I should take home. I had never thought about that route. Guess who was home in less than 20 minutes? Yes. And it's happened to me multiple. It's crazy. Why? Because I was able to shut out the noise around. If I had passed all the, all the regular routes that I knew to pass, eh, I can guarantee you, just like the days before, I was going to spend nothing less than one to two hours in that traffic. In 20 minutes, I was home. I was so happy. Why? Because I was able to shut out the noise around me and focus. Praise God. Come on, somebody praise God. Now, I just remembered something when I was talking about that David story. Um, when, what's his name? When Akish told David no, and David was hurt. He agreed to the no, right? But you and I know that sometimes it's hard to swallow no. Sometimes you want to find your way around and make sure that it's a yes, right? Guess what? No, is, no isn't always a bad thing. Sometimes no is a good thing. And I'll explain why no is a good thing. In David's case, do you know that there are two reasons why God allowed that no? Number one, I already cleared, which is that David could have turned on Akish Abi betrayed him. And that would mean that he would have gained another enemy that he'd be fighting forever and ever. But one of the major reasons I'm convinced that God enabled that no is God didn't want Saul's blood on David's hand. Because David really was a good guy. I mean, we all, we've all heard about David. He really was a good guy. So let's assume that he didn't turn on Achish. He followed Achish to the end, right? Guess what that would have meant? That would have meant that Saul's blood would forever be on his hand. That means that forever and ever he'll be known as the king slayer, not the giant slayer. God is very mindful of you guys. Sometimes there will be a no that will hurt you, to pepper you. You'll be like, ah, God, no now. No, 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 no. And God is saying, it's okay. It's not every time that it's yes, because some no's are there to protect you. There are some yeses that you will give into, and a part of your soul will be gone. You'd have compromised. And you know how it is with the devil. The day he'll come back for his pound of flesh, <laughs> you may not be able to afford it. So you, you want this job. You're a lady, you want this job. And God is saying, you don't take this job. And you're like, no, 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 I'll do anything to get it. I'll do anything to get it. You now finally do anything to get the job. You now land with a guy that wants to do nothing but sleep with you. And God is telling you, but you know when I was telling you, you no. Know. Or you are a guy, you want this job. And God is saying, no, 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 don't take this one. Or, okay, take it, but you must work with me. And as soon as you get in there, you throw God away. They come to your table. There's this contract. It's five million, but you put uh, extra three million to make it eight million. In your mind of mind, you're like, oh, more, I don't hammer. But with every check, with every document that you sign, a part of your soul leaves. You can never be the same. How do you pay tithe off of bribe, uh, bribery money? How? To who? It just dash in the bank account. And trust me, trust to spend it, but God is not taking a dime off of it. Because it's blood money. So there's some, that, like I said, there's some no's eh, that is okay. Once they tell you no, seek the face of God first. God, is this no really of you? Or is this the kind that I should pursue and overtake. Praise God. Come on, somebody, praise God. So I remember one time, myself and uh, one of the leaders in church we went to the hospital to pray for a teenager's dad who had been hospitalized. He was supposed to go, uh, undergo surgery. I'm not going to go into details in case he's here. Um, but yeah. So we get to the hospital. Sunday morning, we had just left church to go. And the reason for going to the hospital wasn't just to visit him, it was to pray with him and to uh, share communion to break bread with him. That was the reason why we went there. 
So we get to the hospital, and they tell us it's not yet time to visit patients. This was around 12 noon or thereabouts. Like, now, wow, are we far? And this hospital was uh, last week. Like, ah, are we far? What do we do? Like, what? Well, we'll wait now. They said, oh, yeah, maybe we'll open around two. We'll wait or something. And so the security guard said, Oga, it's okay. Come and go. Abi, who am I if they let you go? Guess what? Just as we're passing by, he stopped us and said, hey, but when they come, you go. I didn't know when anger from inside of me rose up. I said, I go waiting. He said, uh, you go drop something. I said, Oga, you see that you stop me now from going here. Or you just prepare your heart that you will not collect one naira as I'm coming back. He was shocked. Because he expected, like he has been doing with many people, that I'll just smile and shake it. And then when I'm going back, really, I will. I said, no. I said, I'm going to pray for someone. I will not finish praying. And now bribe my way out. Please, what's the point? I should not have come in the first place. But you see, it's very easy to just look at it and say, ah, it's a Nigerian situation. Now, how much you want to give? 500 naira. Ah, it's not the 500 naira. It's the act of bribery. You do not go and do a holy thing and come out and saw your hand and saw your soul. The funny thing is, I didn't remember this story until maybe a couple months ago when the person that went with me was the one reminding me. That's how angry I was. I'm like, I don't understand. I'm, we told because he asked us, said, why do you want to see the person? We said, we want to go and break bread. We want to do communion. We want to pray for. So we're going to pray and telling me I should. I don't understand. Are you speaking the same language? <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. It's important, guys, to run back to God. Now, this is the crux of the message today. You will always win. Somebody say, I will always win. You will always win. And one of the ways that I know that you will always win is, number one, like we established at the very beginning, that we have already won. It's, it's a done deal. Now, when you get to this point where nothing seems to be happening around you, you're faced with all sorts of challenges, and you can seek the face of God, guess what will happen? He will always give you a word. Either he gives you a word or he gives you a sign. But there will be something to corroborate that initial agreement that what? You have already won. That's how I know you will always win. He never lives without a word. You don't believe me? Let's jump to 1 Samuel chapter 30. This is the story of David, everything I've just read. But 1 Samuel chapter 30, <clears throat> verse 11. So, backstory. So, David had sought the face of God, and God had said, go ahead, go and pursue them. And then, as they were leaving in verse 11, they found an Egyptian in a field and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake of pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate and was revived, for he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. 13. David asked him, who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the slave of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me when I became ill three days ago. We raided the Negev of the Kerithites, some territory belonging to Judah and the Negev of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag, a.k.a. I followed and burned your house. David asked him, can you lead me to this raiding party? You know, if it's Nigerian film, they first of all kill the guy. Forgetting that he's the one that can take them. No. We, see, when you've heard God, you will be calm. You won't just be doing any high, any high, any high. He said, no. Bone all the story. I'm telling me. The way I'm going to is, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master, and I will take you down to them. Um, 16 says, he led, them, he led David down 
And there they were scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking, and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken from the land of the Philistines and from Judah. See, David had already heard God. On his own, it may have been difficult for him to find where these people were. Guess what? God had already gone ahead of him. He had caused this guy to be useless to the team of raiders and caused them to abandon him. See, how do I explain this? There is nothing that you are going to go through that will, cause, that will catch God by surprise. That will make God go, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. There's nothing. Absolutely nothing. So God already knew that, that while David was going to fight with Achish, that some people will come, they will raid. When they raid, they will leave one person behind. See, master planner. Because they had left this guy three days. It wasn't that day they left him. Three days ago, the guy had almost died. And somehow, God preserved his life long enough for them to meet up with him, feed him, revive him, and then we, can, we cannot talk. We are taking to where these people are going to. So like I said, he will always give you a word, and in some cases, he will give you a sign. But whatever it is that he gives you, he will always confirm one thing, victory. He will always confirm one thing, victory. God will never give you a word that will confirm failure. If it's from him, if, if, if you get that kind of word, it's not from God, I can tell you. Because there's no way he has guaranteed us victory in his word. And he will not come back tomorrow and tell you failure. He's not the same God. He cannot change. He can't change who he is. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. He's not going to change. So your victory is sure. Romans 8.35. I have just a few minutes left. Romans 8.35. Romans 8.35, um, the A part, it says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Babylon is basically saying here that there is nothing that you can go through eh, that can separate you from the love of God. And for as long as the love of God exists, guess what? Victory is... Jesus is not on the side. For as long as... For as long as God is on your side, victory is what? It's sure. It's certain. Come on, tell yourself one more time, I will win. Now tell yourself, I have won. So the last thing you need to do, guys, is to run with God. When you run back to him and you've heard a word from him, come on, go ahead and run with God. Usually they say one with God is a majority, Abby. Mm, because that really is the case. You're bound to win. Now, like, as with every superhero or with, well, every superhero, every main character, everybody always has, like, one superpower or one, one trick in their heart, so to speak. You see, on this journey of victory, there are two superpowers you must have or two super weapons you must have, faith and obedience. Faith and obedience. When Oguna was doing his welcome, I laughed because he felt as if we had talked. How do you go for a job interview and the Holy Spirit is teaching you about, um, what was that thing they taught you again, again? Supply chain, thank you. How? But you see, it takes faith to first of all believe that the person that's talking to you is God because you already know how you and him relate. It now takes obedience for you to open your mouth and say that thing that he's telling you to say that you know doesn't make sense to you. Because that's how God works. He's always worked in reverse. He always works in reverse. You need faith, guys, and you need obedience to work with God if you really want to get through this victory journey. Because he's already gone to the end. He's the storyteller. He's the producer. Can you imagine? Imagine an actor, you just finished from acting school, and you get a new a, 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 a movie gig, and you are on set, and you are telling producer that has won like 20 million awards, that this is how this scene should be. How? What do you know? Who are you? Who are you? 
<laughs> Who are you? You just finished school. What do you know? Compared to a producer that has won all sorts of awards, that's exactly how it is. God has been here forever, and he is here forever. You and I, this is our first time. We cannot be dictating to him. We can't be telling him, no, God, let's, let's paint this scenario like this. No, 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 no. It's like, imagine you go to an examination hall, and maybe it's an external exam like YEC, but they tell that your teacher can stand beside you to teach you. And the teacher is telling you, this is what you should write. And the teacher says, don't worry, I know it. How? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. That's exactly how it is. When you're faithful, or more like when you have faith and you're obedient to God, it's you literally trusting God. I don't know this, no, but they talk at the year. And as he's telling you, you are literally doing exactly as he's telling you to do. Guess what? Your victory overshore the worry I'm. Overshore is worrying your victory. So on this journey, guys, you need faith and you need obedience. And then there are three categories of people. It's either at the beginning of lockdown, God told you certain things that you've already done that have guaranteed you victory. Or at the beginning of lockdown, God told you certain things that you did not do until you struggled. Or you have never even heard God before. Guess what? Regardless of what category you're in, victory is sure. Now, for the guys who have already enjoyed their testimony, guess what? It's not over all. The word for this year is what? All things are now ready, meaning there are still more victories to be won before the year runs out. Don't go and believe that that one that God showed you during lockdown is the high point. Ah, error. There are still better things coming up ahead. Praise God. Now, for those of you who heard God but didn't follow through, it's not the end of the line. The producer is still at work. He will still work out this script such that anyhow, anyhow, you will what? You will win. All you need is faith to believe him, and all you need is obedience to follow through. Praise God. Now, let's rise to our feet for the third, guys. Now, if you're here, praise God, and your walk with God is a little warped. Your walk with God is a little warped. Either you don't hear from him or the hearing is off and on. He's telling you today through me that it's okay. He wants to talk to you one more time. He wants you to listen to him one more time. So I just want you to open your mouth where you are and just begin to pray to God. If you've experienced testimonies this year, just, this year, just go ahead and just thank God because he's a faithful God. If you haven't because you've been disobedient, just tell God, God, I'm sorry. I'm ready to obey. That's all. He doesn't need 21 days fasting and prayer from you. Just an honest heart. That's all. Just go ahead and tell God, God, I'm sorry I didn't listen. Help me to listen. Help me to obey you. And if you're here and you, and you haven't given your life to Christ, let me just tell you right now that this is the best time and the best place to do this. Because right now, as the whole world is easing down this lockdown in bits and pieces, God wants you to run like never before. Because his word cannot fail. If he gave us a word that all things are now ready, guess what? Your name was included when that, when that word was given. So he really wants to send all things out to you. So just put your hand over your chest where you are and pray with me. Say, Lord Jesus, say, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sin. Wash me with your blood. And help me going forward to always trust in you. In Jesus' name. It's just that very simple. Father, we just thank you for this word this morning. We thank you because you're a faithful God. We thank you because we have won. We thank you because no matter how hard, how difficult the twist or the plot, we have won. Thank you because we have victory in you. Hallelujah. Hmm. Thank you for this victory that we have in you, oh God. We just pray, Holy Spirit, that as we go on in this journey of victory, that you help us to open our hearts to trust you. Help us to reach out our faith every single time you tell us to do something, especially the ones that don't make sense. And give us the strength to be obedient with you to the end because victory is sure. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Come on, jam those hands together for Jesus.